0: You have found the Behind the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM. My name is Steven Andres, managing editor at thelines.com. Joined this week by Seamus McGee, filling in for Christian Cipollini. He is the team lead on the sports trading desk over at BetMGM. In this show, we are going to look at the week that was betting in the National Football League for week number two. The biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We'll also look at the early week lines over at BetMGM for week three, and then a question at the end for Seamus on one team in particular's move up Super Bowl futures at BetMGM. But first of all, Seamus, how are you?
1: Great to have you on the show. Appreciate you filling in. Thanks for having me. Really excited about it. I've heard all about it from uh, Christian doing it over the years, so (laughs) looking forward to it. Absolutely. A good old Irish boy descent of the (laughs) Emerald Isle just like I am,
0: so uh, we'll get along just nicely here, my friend. Seamus has been doing this since 2018 over at BetMGM, so he's got all of the knowledge. So let's start just right off the bat here, Seamus, with whether or not it was a public win or a public loss betting on the NFL at BetMGM in week number two.
1: Well, it's was a good weekend for the book, so the public didn't have a great weekend this week. I mean, uh, just like week one, really, It's it feels like uh, the past two weeks, they have uh They've had a good run on college football, and then the NFLs kind of came back. But granted, uh, this week we had a good college football weekend. To be fair, with especially Colorado not covering by mm, <laughs> more I than bet. three touchdowns. But uh, no, it was it was another winner for us. Uh, the public did have a few games that they did win on, but the bigger decisions went our way this week.
0: So let's start with that good news for the public, even though it was an overall losing week, just to, uh, you know, look at the glass, uh, what, a quarter full, I guess? Not exactly half full. But uh, what were some of the games that the public got you on?
1: So it was really three. First was the Chiefs at 1 o'clock covering against the Jaguars. A lot of people expected them to bounce back, which they did. Got in control that whole game. Uh, Then the Cowboys uh, beat the Jets uh, by about 20 points. That was... uh, Another good one for the public. A lot of faders of Zach Wilson out there. And then uh, Dolphins on the Sunday night game was definitely a win for the public.
0: You know, from talking to Christian before the season, we kind of predicted that you guys would have a hard time writing tickets on the Arizona Cardinals to to, to cover the spread this year. And I'm guessing that this is going to be one of the games that was among the the highlights of the biggest public losses in week number two. So... Uh, t- am I right or am I wrong? And then what others were included as well?
1: Definitely right. Giants are right at the top of the list. Uh kind of a bad beat. I mean, they were down twenty-eight points, so I don't know if you want to give it the bad beat title, but uh they <laughs> the hook definitely come into the play there. Uh Bengals was a bad one for the we public. Hate. Ravens winning outright was huge. Uh Broncos, another team everyone thought they'd bounce back at home against the Commanders this week. Uh they, that was a big loser for them. Uh, then Chargers and the Lions. I mean, Chargers mainly I could see just because, you know, bounce back. I think a lot of people don't like the Titans this year. Uh, but as far as the Lions go, I mean, we have so many customers in Michigan who love to back the hometown team. So pretty much every weekend we're going to need whoever's playing the Lions. Well, thankfully for you, it seems that they're going to be a favorite more
0: often than they were in years past where they were just asking them to cover as a dog. A much taller task, it seems, week to week now for the Lions, except for when they're playing one of the elite teams in the NFL. So um, I certainly would be a little more queasy backing the Lions every single week given their market rating at this point versus what we've seen the past couple of years. So that's certainly interesting. But let's transition now to week number three, we record this show on Tuesday mornings just to give you an idea of, of what these spreads are at that point. Just give you a little date stamp there. So we're going to look at the uh, the early week lines, the spreads, and the totals. And as always, Seamus, we're going to start with Thursday night football. Um, this one may not be all that competitive.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have the Niners minus 10.5 against the Giants. So the total set at a flat 45 right now. So... First question I have for you, you know,
0: Saquon Barkley going to be out for a few weeks here. One of the biggest talking points we tend to have every year when a running back goes down is, is he worth anything to the spread? And I, I think, you know, from talking to Christian, Derek Henry is a guy who certainly is is worth something to the spread. We saw some movement here from the open in support of the Niners getting this up to 10 and a half. In your opinion, is Saquon Barkley worth anything at all to the spread for the Giants?
1: I think he's worth something. i To say he's worth nothing is crazy. He played, I think they saw, 67 of the 69 staffs for the Giants wow. on Sunday. I mean, he he's a workhorse for them. If you take him off the field, it's not a lot they're working with, even though they made a bunch of investments at the wide receiver position. He's still pretty much the number one guy for them. Uh, but, yeah, I also think a lot of it is the Niners look really, really, really good two weeks True. in. And a you know, cross-country trip on a short week not favorable for the
0: Giants. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this a little bit on, on Beat the Closing Number where I joined Eli Hershkovich. You can find that on our podcast feed, also uh, on our YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. It goes a long way for us, and hey, it's free content. So it's just a little tiny thing you could do. But in this game, we I hit on what I thought was the, the biggest issue for the Giants staying competitive, and it's their offensive line just looks bad. And now you're facing... I'm not going to say the Niners are quite as dominant as the Cowboys' front seven, but they're not far behind. So if they looked that miserable against the Cowboys' front seven in in week number one, what are they going to look like on a short week here? We'll see about Andrew Thomas, whether he's healthy. No Saquon to maybe run the ball and take a little pressure off of Daniel Jones. So I, I'm probably not going to lay 10 and a half with the Niners, but it would be Niners or pass for me if I'm, you know, in some type of contest where I'm forced to, to pick every side on the slate. So that's kind of how I feel about this one. Uh, let's move ahead to the early window on Sunday, Seamus, the 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoffs in week number three.
1: Yep, so we got Browns minus minus three and a half at home against Tennessee, uh, the total set of 40 and a half. We have Lions minus three at home against the Falcons, uh, total at 46. Packers at home, minus two to the Saints, 43.5 the total there. And we have the Dolphins minus six and a half at home against Denver, with the total at 48. Then the Vikings plus one, minus 115 at home against the Chargers, with the total set at 54. And then the uh, Jets getting three at home uh, against New England, the total set at 37 commanders plus six and a half at home against the bills over under 44 and a half then we have the jags minus nine and a half against the texans the total set of 44 and finally the ravens minus seven and a half uh, against the colts at home with a total of 44 you kind of snickered a little bit when you said the total was 54 for that
0: vikings I, chargers what, that was... what
1: what was your reaction there I remember I like, just seeing that game was coming up this week. I didn't know if they, you could make a total low and uh, high enough on this one. I mean, this, <laughs> the way the Chargers defense played against Tennessee, a Tennessee defense, that you know they don't score that much, and then the the Vikings, their defense and the offense. I mean, I think we opened that at fifty two and a half, and we're already up at fifty four.
0: Wow, I mean that's
1: that's higher than
0: the Thursday night opener that had a crazy high total. I believe the Chiefs Lions game closed lower than fifty four. Uh, off the top of my head. Tell me if I'm wrong there. But um, the, the other thing that I'll just kind of ask you about, you mentioned how much interest you get in the state of Michigan just just blindly backing the Lions. But as we know, public money doesn't move lines; It's respected bettors that move lines. And this was three and a half yesterday for the Lions, and now we're down to three. And this has seemed to be a three-week theme now where, where respected bettors are backing the Falcons at this point.
1: It actually opened as low as minus four and a half off the open. So we moved the full point. And I've been seeing it all offseason. The Falcons have been a team the sharp matters really, really respect. All offseason, it was a lot of futures play on them to win the division, to make the playoffs, over on the win total, alt-win totals, you name it. And then now it's two weeks in a row, like you said, where we're seeing money come in on them. It's every week now, it seems.
0: Yeah, I think it's another factor here as well in this game in particular. The Lions are a little banged up. Um, you know, we'll see if they get Emmanuel Mosley back at cornerback, but CJ Gardner-Johnson has a torn pec, so he's not going to play. Taylor Decker mess, missed last week on the offensive line. We'll see whether he's going to play. You know, a couple other guys on on defense as well who have been on injured reserve. So it's, you know, that injury report at least, you know, on Tuesday does not look very optimistic for this weekend. We'll have to wait and see just how bad it is. But also, you know, I don't think David Montgomery's worth anything to the line for the Lions when you have Jameer Gibbs and, you know, a couple of capable backups behind him, but um, certainly doesn't help either. So uh, another constant theme here. I, I, I have been very opinionated that I just don't get it with the Falcons. I think it's schedule-based a lot of the time, and just the style of play where, you know, they're they're not going to get blown out very often, and they're not going to blow other teams out. So when you're a, a, a dog of more than three and a half, I certainly understand the logic there. Um, but the Lions offense, if the turnovers were bad, that's why they lost to Seattle, but they moved the ball just fine against Seattle. So um, we're getting to the point now where I'm starting to consider betting the Lions at 3. There's no reason for me to place a bet now. Let's see if the steam keeps going and we get through the 3 here with a, a lot of time to go before kickoff, but um if I bet this as always we put it in the lines.com Discord, go to the homepage, top right hand go- corner, hit that Discord button. You can find all of our staff bets there throughout the week when we bet it so that you can get the best of the number. You can go to the roll server Click the emojis, and you'll get push notifications when every person you care to follow uh, places a bet. Those notifications get sent to your Discord app. Okay, Seamus, moving on now to the four o'clock kickoff window, East Coast time for week number three.
1: Yeah, so we got the uh, we got the Panthers on the road against the Seahawks. Seahawks laying minus six and a half, over Ugh. under at forty two and a half. The Chiefs host the Bears. Chiefs minus 13, over under 47 and a half. Cowboys at Cardinals. Cowboys are laying 12 and a half, over under 43 and a half. I got
0: to ask you about Seattle. Because week one, big favorite against the Rams, lay an egg. Week two, flip to a big dog against the Lions. Yes, benefited from some, tur- some turnovers, but get the road win in overtime. Now back to week three. They're back to being a big favorite at home against a team that's you know, probably rated bottom five in the league. Offense is, you know, light hasn't gone on yet for Bryce Young and this just offensive coaching staff with Frank Reich. So, um, I imagine this is as much about Carolina as it is Seattle at this point. Because I don't assume that you have Seattle as some like top ten team in your ratings.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the Seahawks looked bad week one, but you know, go on the road. Home opener for Detroit, that place was buzzing. That's a big win to get. Um, this is gonna be a really tough road test for Bryce Young. I that stadium is always rocking and cross country. I mean, it's uh I, I think you're definitely right. Definitely more about the Panthers than it is the Seahawks. Next time I have a bad beat this year, I
0: can't complain about it because I had Panthers plus three and a half on <laughs> Monday night and
1: uh thank my <laughs> lucky stars for that <laughs> ridiculous backdoor cover, Seamus. No, that was I that was extraordinary. I couldn't believe that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look like absolute crap the entire game. The, the old prevent defense gets us home on yeah, that one. That was,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, goodness. Uh gotta ask you about the Chiefs too. Biggest line I've seen so far this year. Um Chiefs did exactly look good against Jacksonville, but can't blame the book and betters for thinking they'll bounce back and um it's. It seems to me that the preseason hype and the market rating for the Bears has gone straight into the trash can.
1: Yeah, i've I've been on record around the office. i I had a bet on the Bears last year and have the worst record. Uh, hit by the grace of God, thanks to uh, Lovey Smith. But uh, coming into the year, it's the same thing. You know, I I think guys like Fields and guys like Kenny Pickett. People just go in. He's like, "Oh, it's year three, so he's just going to get better." When it's you know, he has to have a Josh Allen type leap, who is the exception, not the rule, in this league, to be good. And I mean, he it was terrible what you saw on Sunday. I mean, the second half, I I really felt bad for the guy. He he looked really lost.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's some of the same stuff we saw last year with him passing up wide open receivers, but. I will at least say it's not entirely him. You know, Dan Orlowski had a clip where the pick six at the end of the game was literally the same exact play run yeah. two snaps yep. in a row. And the Bucks defense were like, okay, thank you. So this is a, co- this is coaching malpractice just as much as it is. Justin Fields not <laughs> taking a leap as well. So it's just, you know, I said it after week one that I feared that this is urban Meyer levels of dysfunction when it turn when it comes to game planning and, Getting the offense ready to go, and now here in Chicago, it just you know can't can't blame anybody for uh, for laying thirteen with the Chiefs this week because they they could legitimately win by thirty. We'll see. So and we've seen no fight and no just organization professionalism from the Bears offense at this point. Uh, finally, Seamus, we have a second week in a row of a Monday night football double header, but we will start with the Sunday night game between the Steelers in Las
1: Vegas, against the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders plus one, uh, minus 115 right now, and the total at 44. All right, and then let's just jump right into
0: the Monday Night Football games as well.
1: Yep, we have the Eagles lying five and a half on the road in Tampa, with the total set of 46. And finally, the Bengals minus one and a half against the Rams at home, uh, the total of 43 and a half.
0: In your opinion, is that number kind of straddle in the middle here of of what it would be if Burrow is out and what it would be if Burrow was in? Is this or or are we closer to the Jake Browning number already at this point?
1: I mean, with with a healthy Matt Stafford, I have a hard time seeing Jake Browning uh, favored in this game yeah. if no Burrow, because I think you're right. I think we're we're, we're still we're inching towards that, but uh, I mean, it was. Sharp money all day with the news coming out about Burrow.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, this was seven on the preseason line in favor of the Bengals, and then before the Schefter tweet, we were looking at Bengals minus three and a half, so we're through that P number of three, and I 100% agree with you. I think the Rams close a favorite here if, if Burrow is confirmed out or maybe even earlier than that, doesn't practice on Wednesday, doesn't practice on Thursday type situation, so uh, certainly interesting there. Before we let you go, Seamus, let's wrap up with a quick look at Super Bowl futures. And I just want to get your opinion here, maybe your observations of what you've seen of bets coming in the first couple of weeks of the NFL season because you guys at BetMGM leave this market for Super Bowl futures open constantly. It's open during games during the week, so you're taking bets 24-7, 365 on this market. And right now, I'm seeing the 49ers as a co-favorite with the Kansas City Chiefs at six to one so my question to you is did you get significant money to move the Niners up to co-favorite status or was this just more of a market adjustment by you guys after seeing that they're going to be just fine with Brock Purdy back and healthy
1: definitely the latter I mean they've just been crushing uh the two games they've had uh so far this year and then you got to take into account uh some of the other teams at the top Bengals look really bad they were really lost right now. The offensive line doesn't look good. Burrow's banged up. So you have uh, to take that into account. Eagles looked a little shaky, I'd say, on Thursday, in my opinion, for a game that everyone kind of expected them to really go in and make a statement. Um, But I think the, the Niners definitely, I mean, they've made a couple big statements over the last two weeks, especially with the defense and Purdy. I think you made a great point there. It's one I didn't think of
0: initially. Sometimes when you see a team adjust up like this, it's as much about a couple of teams that you have to adjust down. You mentioned the Bengals who were single digits before the zero and two start; they're now eighteen to one. And then you had the Jets who lose Aaron Rodgers, who were yep. less than twenty to one to win the Super Bowl before that injury, and now they're just you know near the bottom of the odds want I
1: think sixty-six to one, something like that. Yeah,
0: you can make it thousand to one. I'm, I'm good, man.
1: So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah they're just they're just a the non-factor so combine those things and the equity's got to go somewhere else right so now we're at Niners up there with the Kansas City Chiefs um, it's it's certainly an interesting conversation to say the least considering uh, at least me personally as a 49ers fan if they were to face the Eagles or the Cowboys again um, the right side of that offensive line for the 49ers is still a concern for me against those pass rushes in that game so just something to kind of Make a mental note, stick in the back of your head, and we'll see. Uh, I think they the Niners play both of those teams this year, so we'll see how it goes in the regular season. Uh, Seamus, thank you so much. We loved having you on the show. Fantastic information. Thank you for filling in for Christian Cipollini. You're welcome back anytime, my friend. Pass it's with so- flying colors. Thank you, sir. For the re- <laughs> for the rest of you out there. The uh, rest of the schedule this week, Eli and Mo will be back with Beat the Closing Number on Thursday. They'll have another guest give you their bets for week number three. And as always, the NFL Megapod will be back Friday afternoon and through the weekend. Adam Candy, Matt Brown, and myself going through all of our bets and the matchups for week number three. For Seamus McGee, I'm Steven Andrus. Thanks for watching Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM.